Oh, man. Uh, what a week. Dude, um, have you paid attention to what the Levitard show is doing? Um, I mean, other than that, they're um, teaming up with uh, Daz and uh, what's that guy's name? The John guy from Skipper. ESPN? Skipper, yeah. right. I like how I like how you, the first thing you conf- you partnered it with is Dazen's. Like, I think it's DAZN. I think it's supposed oh. to be like the, okay. the zone. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're probably I don't right. Know. I just D-A-Z-N. So I just. Dazen. Dazen. I did I don't see know. though. What do I know? But yeah, my favorite thing is that you use it. You're like, it's Dazen's John Skipper and not, you know, former ESPN most powerful yeah. man in sports, John Skipper. Uh, <laughs> he got bounced because he was on Coke. Well, yeah. Coke happens, man. Oh, oh no! Look, I whatever the guy does with his life, it's fine with me. I'm just, I mean, he got bounced because he had a coke problem. I feel sorry for him, but he seems well, to be I mean, doing okay. I don't think I feel sorry for him. Yet you, you have a coke problem, you got to deal with the consequences of your coke problem. But I mean, it's it's still funny. I I don't know. I just thought that was funny that the the first words were it's Dazen's John Skipper and not like John Skipper who was super famous beforehand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I don't know. You think he was famous outside of those of us who pay attention to well, sports okay. media? So famous might be the wrong word. So you're you're right. Not well, famous, but yeah, I mean, well known maybe. Well known, especially, especially in that sphere, and not just the sports media sphere. Just like entertain, like media and entertainment in general. I would. Not every president or executive at ESPN is going to be that well known, but John Skipper was around and you know transformed a Disney company and yeah. you know turned it into one of the biggest things going. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like he. It feels like he's well known to more people than just me. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just in my bubble. Who knows? No, no. I think a lot of people know know the name. They may not know exactly what he did at ESPN, but he's. I mean. I think a lot of people know his name. Yeah. Especially in our circle. So what have we talked about lately in um like in the slacks, right? There's the March Madness. Yeah, oh, but on. I wanna I wanna I wanna spin back to um something that we actually were talking about in Slack, but yeah. it is related to ESPN. Because right. I got up at three o'clock this morning and this this kind of just not just came to me. Mm-hmm. Of course I was um scrolling Reddit and this was a very interesting conversation that I was reading. It was about college football okay. in the playoff mm-hmm. and the bowl games and how the regular season doesn't matter. And I think the biggest, and I think we might have talked about this before. So if we have, just tell me and I'll stop and pivot to something else is, is that ESPN pretty much owns college football from one end to the other. Like they've bought the entire season to broadcast all the regular season games and all the postseason games, including the playoff, along with all the bowl games, because they run all the bowl games. And now, I feel like everybody, the only thing that everybody talks about is who are the final four teams. And they've taken these bowl games that used to have some meaning to them, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar, the Orange, the Fiesta, the Cotton, mm-hmm. and they made them part of the playoff. And now that now they're not even like important bowl games anymore. That's what I'm saying. That's we did talk about this a little bit, but it, you know it's funny because at the time we were on opposite ends of this, opposite ends of this debate. My contention is and has been that a the four team playoff devalues everything other than 
those top four teams. And because college football is so top-heavy that if you're not Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and I don't know, one other fourth. team. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it, it, it feels like the rest of the power five is trying to be the fourth team. If you're not one of those original three, you're out of luck and nothing matters. Like there's nothing you can do to become important. That's So we, we looked at it through the prism of the Texas job, right? Right. That Texas job doesn't mean anything anymore. Because unless Texas is gonna unless Texas is gonna get all the five stars and go undefeated and be that fourth team, no one cares. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. And I guess this you know three a.m. Damien, um, thinking about this, but I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that we have devalued the postseason by one, which I've said every year for the past ten years. I feel like put such an emphasis on these conference championship games. And I know those are not going away because the conferences want that $15 million, whatever TV revenue. Mm-hmm. And two is that we've taken those, you know, four or five or six important bowl games, traditionally important bowl games and made them part of the playoff. Like no one cares about the Rose bowl because it's a semifinal. Yeah, I could see that. I I have more of an issue with the fact that no one cares about the rest of the postseason other than the three playoff games, right? The two semis and then right. the final. Right. Uh, then I care about I whether the semis are technically Rose Bowls. Yeah. Oh, hey, look, it. The it's only all ESPN, all of it, except for yeah. one bowl game, is all ESPN. That's interesting. All, every single one of them, except for one, is ESPN because it's either they have the TV contract or ESPN and Disney own the bowl game. Right? So, I mean, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, on on New Year's Day, you could watch five bowl games at the same time because they'd be on NBC and ABC and CBS and Fox and Fox Sports or whatever their, you know, cable was back then. And then all of the ESPN channels. Well, now on New Year's Day, you get like three. You know, yeah. and they're all timed out and there's nothing on the and, and I'm not saying this is a, you know, they've got to be on local TV. But I think if you said, all right, look, we're not going gonna to pull the Rose Bowl out. It's going to be on New Year's Day at whatever time it is, in the Sugar Bowl, and the Fiesta, and the Cotton, and the Chick-fil-A, or whatever it is. And you say, all right, traditional bowls, and then everything, we'll just have a playoff all on its own. I think that that would make the other teams care, or the people care more about the postseason, quote-unquote, exhibition games, more than they do now. Yeah, I I agree with you, and but I think it's two separate things. So the, the I think... If you pulled out the traditionally big bowl games and made them not the the college football matchups, whatever it is. Um, so if the Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl is the Sugar Bowl, Combo Bowl is Combo Bowl, and they're not the and they're not one of the three championship games. So so then it's you know whatever semifinal A brought to you by you whoever. know whoever and semifinal B brought to you by whoever. Um, Awesome. Like that's cool. Then you get those bowl games back. Then you get the Rose bowl back, but you know what still happens as long as there's a 14 playoff, the Rose bowl doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I disagree. No one will care because the only thing anybody cares about is the final four and the championship. But I think like the players will care a little bit, but nobody else cares. But I think that 
I think part of this is because we have gotten so much in the realm of football and basketball, college football, or I'm sorry, the NFL and basketball and the NBA and all the other sports where the playoff is the only thing that matters, right? And I think the clear separator between pro sports and college sports, especially in football, is that there's 130 teams or whatever that have a chance to play in these bowl games, right? And I think that if you say, all right, we're going to play all the bowl games, all of them, and then we will play the playoff in separate games, however they put them, they can play them in the at the Rose Bowl, I guess, or, or in New Orleans, then I think that that makes people care about the Rose Bowl. Yeah, if the Rose Bowl is part of the is part of what's going to count towards whether you go to the playoff or not, yes. But if the Rose Bowl is part of the off season and the two teams in the Rose Bowl don't have anything to do with with what's going to happen in the playoff, then no. You people yeah. go back to not caring. I don't I don't agree with that. I think if you I mean I think if you had I don't know who would have played in the Rose Bowl this year if it weren't you know, for Ohio State and whoever they played. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's – I'm going to throw two teams out there, Northwestern and USC, Yeah, you know. Sure. I think people, that's a, that's I think a people cool would game. care people, about – Yeah, I yeah, think people will absolutely care about that. It's a cool game, and people will watch. And sure, yeah, it'll it'll be a cool game. But what's what game moves the needle more, Ohio State and Clemson or Northwestern and USC? Well, well, that's why I said the game, the Ohio State game, is a week after the Rose Bowl. You can't mix them in because you're absolutely right. That's why I said you have to play all the all the bowl games and then play the college football playoff. Like I think people will watch football whenever they play. We're getting ready to have spring football in what so a month the, so and a half. So then I think the bowl, people are going to watch that. So then the bowl games will still be fun, but all the stuff that happened in the regular season don't really matter because you're still only you're still really only playing for those four semifinal spots. So you I know guess. USC and Northwestern all day can have a cool game, but their regular seasons didn't matter because they didn't start off being one of the big three. I, I guess. I mean, I I guess if you want to think about it that way. I mean, here's 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 how I look at this. There's only, I mean, if we're looking at the playoff, there's only six teams that matter out of the 150 anyway. So why do we even have the other teams? That's why you have an eight-game playoff. Okay, so now we have eight out of 150. It, like that doesn't, it's I mean, better than, and, and, I mean, it's better than four. Well, I, I, I think eight's too many, and I think that's an argument we can have another day. I just every year everybody says let's have eight teams, and then the same two teams end up in a championship and one dominates the other and it's like why why do we need the other seven teams you know like i would almost rather go back to the bcs and have this playoff to be honest with you if we're going to be honest with each other i've seen enough of this playoff and it's fine but at least the bcs i only have to deal with one game instead of three that i don't care about i mean you know the the bcs kept the, the the bcs sure kept the regular season real important right Yes, but, but the system before the BCS kept the regular season more important than that. Yeah, because people just voted on things. Yeah, it was arbitrary. There was no, you know, real champion. Yeah, which, I mean, I you know, I I, w- I would be interested to see if I were if I were a, you know a, a middle aged malcontent back in 1984 trying to think about what I wanted to happen with college football. I wonder what I would think. Like I, Hmm. 
I don't know. I I, th- I think I would still want playoffs. I think I would want playoffs and more teams in the playoff. Honestly. But, but then you devalue the regular season. No, you don't. Well, I mean, what what's less valuable? The the fact that um you might get a couple of teams in a playoff like you you might have a Pac-12 champion who played its way in cuz you've you've got every Power 5 champion and three at larges so you might have a Pac-12 champion with two losses cuz the Pac-12 was bananas hard or bad or whatever it is one year or um the fact that you wake up in the morning of the first game of the season and you look yourself in the mirror and you say well I'm not Ohio State, Alabama, or Clemson, so I don't have a chance. I mean, what, what's what's more devaluing? I don't know. Honestly, I think they're sort of the same thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is a boring podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I know I I know I hijacked your, no, your intro I don't there. Care. I just I mean hijack away. You're the host. Aren't you you're the host when it's me and you. You keep telling me to host other people, which I tried and I'm going to. But you keep telling me that, you know, I mean you're the host when it's us. Oh shit. I just go through our Slack and try to figure out the last things that we shared to each other and talk about those. What it what Oh. So let's just talk about the um NFL is going to have 25,000 people at the Super Bowl. Did you see that? I posted that this morning. Yeah. Uh, let me check. And then 7,000 healthcare workers, I think I saw. Yeah, 7,500 of them are going to be vaccinated healthcare workers. So what about the other, I don't know, I'm not a mathematician, 17,000 people? Are they just going to be just regular dudes <laughs> off the street from, from Florida? Like that I doesn't sound safe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. Whose idea was that? Well, you, you know what, though? It's probably going to be. Um, I'm. Hang on one second. I'm looking up the capacity here in Tampa. 65,000. Look at you. Okay. Good. Hey, man. Um, Wikipedia. I'm on Wikipedia, too. So it, it's not, it's not going to be 22,000 people. 7,500 of which are Medicare workers and then are medical workers, not Medicare workers. If we had that many (laughs) Medicare workers, Um, but it's not going to be like, it's a bunch of fans. It's going to be corporate boxes full of people, you know? Yeah. I I, I, I I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Okay. That's fine. It's just, it's just weird. Oh, well, I'm not trying to say that that's good or bad. I mean, I, I think it's fine. It's, it's what, 20% capacity or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think about any of that stuff anymore. You know, all I know right now, on January 22nd, 1.45 PM. And if anybody from my work is listening, yes, I'm working from home and I'm hard at work and I'm getting a lot done. Um, I just want the vaccine, whatever they do in Florida, whatever, man, like all these rules have been so arbitrary and so frustrating. Honestly, the only sport that did it right is the NBA and they only did it right for one season. They're back to probably doing it wrong right now. Half a season. Well, sure, but we you can't blame them for the beginning of the first season. Nobody even knew. So they shut it down and went in the bubble and everything was awesome. And, and they deserve, I've said it a million times, they deserve all the credit in the world for it. But now it's 2021 and they're 
having COVID outbreaks and, you know, pushing games around and pushing games back. And they missed like half their slate last weekend. And I mean, it's just brutal what's going on. And there's absolutely just no discernible or definitive entity that is making rules that anyone is going to follow. So look, I just want the vaccine and I can't even get in line for the vaccine because Ohio hasn't opened up the registration yet to the general public. And I, and I get it and that's fine. Like I'm not angry that healthcare workers get priority. They should. I'm not angry that seniors get priority. They should like that. I'm not, I'm not mad about that. Um, but I'm just antsy to get in line, get me in line, get me the stupid shots and like, let's just try to start living again. And the only way you can do that is if more people get the vaccine. Right. No, you're right. I I don't even know. So should, do I feel outraged about the Super Bowl having 22,000 fans, whether they're vaccinated or not? No. I mean, should I? Maybe. I'm not outraged. Like, I'm I'm not going to, if someone, if someone sees that news and gets really angry and yells about it, I'm not going to be mad at them. I understand. But I'm just not at this point. Just get me the shot. It's going to be a while. I know. Memorial Day? That's the over-under. Are you going to go get a part-time job at a hospital. Are you going to get it before or after Memorial Day? That's the over-under. I'm going to take under. Before Memorial Day. Okay. Okay. That's that's, uh, aggressive. Well, look... I don't think, um, no, first of all, I'm not, I'm not putting the mortgage on the bed or anything. I'm not going to run to Vegas and, and get a ticket for this. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more, uh, aggressive rollout for a lot of this stuff. Just there in, in this political climate, I think that there's going to be a lot more aggressive rollout, a lot more planning, a lot more infrastructure, a lot more money spent on that kind of crap. And I, I think it gets you there to the under. I think that it's, it, you know, two things, right? First of all, it's a miracle there's a vaccine in a year. And second of all, it's 2021. It's aggravating that we haven't gotten it yet to the most people in the public. Um, both of those things are true, which feels weird to say, but it's, you know, it's the truth. It's MRNA, um, like this technology has been around for 30 years. It's how it's, it's a cancer, like they've used it in cancer treatments and all sorts of other stuff. Like doctors and scientists have been using MRA, MRNA instructions to, to make human cells do certain things for 30 years. So it's not surprising that this is the way the vaccine is being administered, or at least the first way the vaccine is being administered. And, um, but but what is surprising is the fact that we haven't figured out a way, like there was just so little planning and focus put into distribution of the vaccine. And that's why we're at now. I mean, I honestly think with better, planning and administration of finances and budgets and and all of that crap that i mean there is an alternate reality where most of us could have been vaccinated already it was just so poorly handled 
and the the poor handling of it starts at the top and it and poor handling filters all the way down and i mean i've said it a, a thousand times leadership matters in situations like this and we had poor leadership and whether or not our new leadership is awesome or great or amazing i don't think that there's an argument that can be made that this leadership won't be better at administering and planning vaccination rollout stuff. And so I think that's why we're going to go under. I'm going to take the over just because it's already February. It's it seems fair. like a lot to get that lot, a lot to get done. And, you know, it seems like some of these companies are already behind on producing enough vaccine for the first, you know, the first group. And I know uh, there's one or two more that are about to be approved. So maybe that'll help. But I think, you know, the two dose uh, vaccinations tough, you know, just to get enough quantity for people and the well, timing the, and all that. Did you see the defense prioritization or the defense production act or whatever? Mm-hmm. That, that was finally DPA. enacted yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's all good. I mean, you're right. We needed we needed more of this before. And uh, hopefully we're we're back on the right track here. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, look, like I said, there's a million things about our our new leadership that it, are that are going to bother me moving forward. But the fact that there are, you know, people in that position who are going to figure it out and put a plan in place and actually execute on it now brings me hope. Well, uh, where did you watch the inauguration on Wednesday? Uh, my computer watch? at work. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch the whole inauguration. I knew what the schedule was going to be. So I kind of popped in and, and threw on YouTube TV, you know, at, at work and watched the, the swearing Zan. I saw Gaga and um, J-Lo. About Garth? I didn't see Garth live. I watched Garth afterwards. But yes, about Garth. Garth is uh, awesome. He really Garth is. Garth is awesome. Yeah. I like how he just walked out after. Like he just walked out, took his mask off, walked up the stairs and left. It's great. He was, like, All right, he was probably I'm done. he was yeah. He was probably on a plane to Oklahoma like ten minutes later. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The helicopter's waiting for him on the other side of the Capitol. Yep. I gotta get back to my bonfire. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Take me or leave me. Dude, I love Garth. Like he yeah. wasn't um I'm and I'm not a country fan. Like I'll be the the first person in the world. Like I I I really kind of actively dislike country music for the most part. Um, and I don't know what it was about Garth Brooks, but like, I thought he was cool when I was a kid. Uh, like it was just catchy and fun and the songs like had meaning that resonated with me. And then I was in high school and I mean, and I was in high school, like going to Metallica concerts and trying to go to like heavy metal stuff. I went to Ozfest at Blossom. Like I was, dude, I was like wearing flannels and drinking when I shouldn't have been and getting in fights and and like a buddy of mine's like hey i got tickets to this garth brooks concert it's probably going to be pretty lame but they're free do you want to go and i went and it blew my mind it was amazing um and then i i actually went and saw garth with kelly when he was in cleveland last yeah was that 2016 ah something like that dude it was bananas two shows in a day and the the downtown was nuts the second day yeah yeah he had a show the next day Dude, it was so fun. So much fun. Yeah. How do you not like Garth? It's amazing No, I do love Garth. 
No, I'm just no, saying oh, in general, oh, there's people yeah. who don't like Garth, and I don't know how these people can live with themselves. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. <laughs> just call him Chris Gaines if you don't want to call him Garth. <laughs> Did you? Uh, there's a really good Garth documentary. I can't remember what network I watched it on. No, I haven't uh, seen it. Man, Netflix? Probably Netflix, right? Everything's on Netflix. Right. I'll find it. Yeah. I don't know. So what we I mean we haven't talked about sports at all, but this has been pretty fun. It's, I mean there's nothing going on. You want to talk about the touchback rule? It, it's a I mean, do it. It's a bad rule, but and it was a bad rule before it happened to Cleveland. Let me be 100% clear with that. It was a bad rule before. I I don't understand. I have and it in it so first of all, it's a pain because I'm going to say a few things and then I'm going to say, and I've always thought this and no one's going to believe me because honestly, like I probably have never talked about it on a, like I might've tweeted about it at some point, you know what I mean? But I mean, just bring the ball back to, to where like the same rule is wherever it is on the field. Right. I mean, does that make sense? Is that, is that bad logic? I just think when you fumble through the end zone, you get the league is already so top heavy with offensive rules that you have to reward the defense for something at the with something at the goal line, right? Man, I guess. I I mean, I don't know. I I guess I just don't see that as like a big offensively tilted rule. You're just well, no, that, that, that rule's tilted for the defense. No, I'm no, saying. but I mean, I guess if you were to change it, I, I guess I wouldn't, I would, it, that would be like saying, well, if you fumbled at the 10-yard line, it went out of bounds, the defense should get the ball there. Like, well, no, just, if it goes out of bounds, yes, but I mean, the end zone is, isn't out of bounds. Well, I mean, it's out of bounds. You have the end zone, and you can recover it in the end zone, or it goes out of bounds. Right, but if you recover it in the end zone, it's a touchback. Get at the 20. Or 25 or whatever. Yeah, and you didn't recover it in the end zone. And if the other team recovered it, they would get it at the one? But I don't, it, I don't but, know. I just, but if you kick the ball off or punt it through the end zone, where's the ball go? Yeah, but that's not a fumble. No, but the offense then make Then make the punts ball live the balls. Then make punts live balls just like kickoffs are live balls if we're going to make it so like all the rules are the same. Hmm. Okay, I don't have a problem with the rule because it's been a rule for a hundred years. Well, I know it's it. Well, you know, that's why I'm just, not. That's why I'm not real broke. You know, I'm not broken up about it or super mad. I'm not even in in my my debate about the rule doesn't even touch what happened in the Browns game. You you know what I mean? Like I just right. I it just doesn't make sense to me that it wouldn't be handled like any other fumble. The thing that bums the thing that bums me out. Um, and I know I'm not the first person to say it, and this certainly isn't the, f- the first time anybody who's paid attention to the Browns have heard the argument. But, um, man, I still, I don't understand why when, a, when someone reviews a play, they can't review everything that went on in that play. And, and this matters to me in football, baseball, and basketball. Not that you have to review every play, not, you know, have the same challenge flag rules or the same, like, you know, if it's under two minutes, I'm not trying to say that the NBA should change their challenge rules or the baseball should change their challenge rules. But when an umpire goes under the hood, man, they should be able to adjudicate everything that happens in that play. And it bums me out that 
just in, I mean, in the name of player safety, logic, sanity, anything that they, they wouldn't say that that was a helmet, the helmet hit that caused that fumble. I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that they should make the rule. I mean, I believe the NBA challenge system is you get as X number of challenges and you can challenge whatever, right? Because in basketball, yeah. they go back all the time and re-adjudicate plays and say, this was a foul, that wasn't a foul, we're doing this, we're doing that, because we look at the whole play. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why the NFL won't do it. I know the XFL is pretty much the same way. You know, you throw a challenge, we figure out the play, it is what it is. But in basketball, like, even if they're, if so if they're deciding, like, between an inbounds or out-of-bounds or something, and then, you know, they look and say, oh, Colin Sexton did step out-of-bounds, but they won't call the very obvious foul that pushed him out of bounds they'll just say yeah he stepped out and and that's what i mean like that you should adjudicate the entire sequence that happens before you so you could go back and say yeah he was out of bounds but it doesn't matter because the foul happened beforehand but they don't they just say yeah he was out of bounds and and i like i think that logic behind of being able to adjudicate the entire sequence should i think that should be part of every different sports replay rules so in you know in football obviously we're talking about this specific Browns game and you know and Dan Sorensen hitting Richard Higgins helmet the helmet and causing that fumble um you know the the helmet to helmet hit happened before the fumble that's the first flag like that's what should come out does that make sense yeah it makes sense I just I mean, I can only speak for basketball and replay. Like your your example, just it it doesn't work that well in basketball because basketball is such a a subjective sport and officiating. You know that. I mean, I can tell you because I referee basketball and did it. I did it at a high level. Like you don't. What looks like a push isn't a push, especially you know at that level. Like those guys are pretty good at faking. And mm-hmm. now we're taking. You know, we're asking referees to do things that they they didn't do before. So I think it's very difficult to do. But I think in in specifically with the Browns example. I think it's much easier to say, okay, out of bounds, whatever, but we also have, you know, helmet to helmet or unnecessary roughness or whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, an, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It it was a, a clear penalty, clear penalty live. You could see it. You could see it in the replays. You could see it in the stills and it yeah. just, just bothers me as a, and I'm a person who's bothered by that more because I'm interested in player safety in the NFL than anything else. Had that happened at the the 50-yard line between the Lions and the Packers in a meaningless game, um, I still would be bothered by that. Like, that yeah. is a, a clear violation, and it should be penalized, and it should be fined, and because those are the only ways, the only ways to make any of that stuff stick. Yeah, I mean that's that's a tough play for that for that side judge to make in real time. I know that you know we can talk about officiating till the cows come home, but I I'll tell you, that's tough for that person to referee. I'm not even mad that he didn't call it in real time, even though oh, I, I felt that. like it was. I just oh, mean I, I, I you should be able to call that again. You like you should be able to call that after you see the replay. Right. No, I and I know you weren't. I know you weren't saying that he should have called it. I'm just saying for those who are listening, say I can't believe the guy was standing right there and he missed it. I'll tell you, those guys are going 100 miles an hour, and he's trying to look at the ball. And nine times out of ten, you aren't going to have a guy coming in on the side like that hitting somebody in the head. And yeah. I think that's what people don't understand, you know, because they have the home view from the camera, not yeah. the I'm five feet away from that. 
you know, which is which is why it's so important that you should be able to look at that and replay like that very reason. I don't disagree with you. I look for me. It's always been we're going to replay everything or we're not going to re- replay anything at all. To me, it's one or the other, because when you pick and choose what you are going to do a replay, you screw somebody in another part of the game. And that's what happened. Yeah, here. sure. But I mean, look, you're, you're talking about even if we don't change the replay rules, we, re, we, we look at touch. We look at scores and we look at turnovers. And that was both of them. Right. I mean, they're replaying right. that because it's, easy, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, whatever. Look, I have a new Twitter app and I'm not sure if I like it. And I only have a few more minutes today. So I wanted to tell you that because we were talking about Phoenix. I have that Phoenix app. F-E-N-I-X. Yeah, I have it. I downloaded it. Do you like it? Um, I haven't really used it because, you know, I have this new Android phone, but I got it for work. So the only thing that the only account that's really on here is the sports sports hacks account. Um, I didn't put my personal account on it. So I have to <laughs> I have to like follow stuff and tweet more. But it looks good. It, it's certainly better than the Twitter app, like the native Twitter app, because that thing is hot garbage. Um, but what app did you, what app did you download? Fen- like I have got Fenix and I've got the native Twitter app, and like so, Fenix is cool because it's customizable. You could customize the view. It's cool because you can get back to a, sequen- a sequential timeline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you can add. There's no promoted tweets. There's no ads. That's very cool. Um, mm-hmm. It handles notifications weird, and I don't like that. And I also feel like it gets, it like handles, it. there's a lag between when something in the API, and I'm sure it's way smarter than I know, you know what I'm saying? But it just feels like it's behind the notifications. It doesn't send them in a way that I like to, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. And you can't tell, like, it won't show you if anybody... Um, hearted or liked one of your tweets like it doesn't track likes at all which I know yeah. isn't a huge deal but I mean damn like if I'm in a conversation with three or four people it's kind of like part of the conversation you know what I'm saying it, and th- that's the way Twitter's kind of I guess conditioned the people who use it to have like if somebody liked that tweet in that conversation, like that's part of the interaction of the conversation. It's like if you're talking to someone in person and they nod. Right. I, I think those are all um, limitations Twitter's put in on third party clients on purpose it, so that people use, you know, the native app. Yeah, it makes sense. So I found myself using Phoenix like as I browse and tweet sometimes. But then if I get into a conversation, I go back to the native Twitter app. And then that makes me be like, man, I wasted six bucks on Phoenix. I'm not that six bucks is a big deal. But you know how it is when you pay for an app. You could have all the money in the world and see an app that says $1.99. And you're like, what the the hell is that thing? Yeah. You know, here's here's something for you. Hmm. I never like tweets. You are a stingy bastard. No, it's not that. I just reply to people. I do I, both. I've never, I don't think I've ever liked a tweet. I think I used to do it as like a, a bookmark thing, but I just don't like tweets. I don't even oh, know where that button is on my Twitter app. I do. Um, well, it's a separate thing. Like you have to buy a heart and stick it to the back of your phone and then like it connects with oh, Twitter and then you There's get, no heart. In my, there's um, no heart coming out of my wallet. So... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to. Goddamn. Uh, by the way, that could be a title for the podcast. Damien mm-hmm. is a stingy bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I, we've used that several times before, but we can recycle it. <laughs> What's well, either that or uh, Dazen's John Skipper? <laughs> um, uh, I use Lex's bookmarks too. Like that bookmark thing that Twitter rolled out, I don't know, however many years ago. I That's been completely useless to me. I never use that. But I, I do use Lex's bookmarks, and I'll go back through my likes. Yeah, I don't use a native app, so I don't, I don't like that whole that. Uh, what's the thing that they do on um, WhatsApp or Snapchat or whatever? Disappearing messages. Snapchat, I've never seen that on. I think yeah, whatever it's called in Twitter. I've never oh, seen fleets. it because they I don't use on... a. Yeah, whatever. What did that, you use why, before Phoenix? Well, I was I have an iPhone, so I use TweetBot. Ah. Remember, I just got this Android phone like a week ago. Yeah, so that's why I needed problem. a that's why I needed a Twitter Twitter app because I don't use a native app. I have no idea what's going on in Twitter land. Well, why don't you just download the native app? Because I don't use it. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're not using that phone for Twitter a whole lot anyway. So I mean, yeah, but I don't I don't want to use a native app because it's garbage. I'd but rather you, give somebody you just, else. The you money. just like lit six dollars on fire and downloaded wow. an app to. Yeah, you, remember I ate out every single day of my life. Six dollars <laughs> is probably the cheapest thing I'll do all month. You lit. You completely wasted it. That's a side of fries that you could have eaten. Where are you eating? At? Where are you eating the fries? Are six dollars? Well, I don't know. You eat at those fancy places. They're I not eat at like fancy. McDonald's. I, and I'm not eating anywhere with six dollar fries. I'm not a Michael Simon guy. So <laughs> I'll talk right. to somebody else. I, I, we, I, I don't have time to talk for another 20 minutes about why I like Michael Simon, but I do. I like Michael Simon. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just think his food's overrated. Nah, I feel like it's properly rated, but see, no, look, don't drag me into this. I got to go to work. Okay. That's it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Bye. Bye.